Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS. And I'd like to introduce the host of this week's episode. He's the editor of Business West. Here's Joe Bednar. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Business Talk. We have a great show for you today. We can't wait to get to it. But first, we have this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF Equal Housing Lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we're back. And as promised, we have a great show for you today. Our guest is Erica Swallow, a realtor, entrepreneur, accomplished writer, and one of Business West's 40 Under 40. In fact, she received the highest total score from our judges among the entire class of 2023, and it's easy to see why. Erica, I'm so happy to have you here on Business Talk. Thank you for having me, Joe. So, Erica, you you have such an interesting story to tell. Um, You grew up in Arkansas. Uh, You earned degrees from MIT, NYU, and Simmons. And you worked early on in marketing, technology, and media for some really impressive companies, including the, the New York Times and Mashable. Um, tell me about that journey and, and what your early career goals were like and the work you did. Yeah, thanks so much uh, for, for, for characterizing my journey as interesting. I um, Early on, as a first-generation college student, I had a very simple goal, and that was that I needed to create a sustainable life. So I, and I was a very creative kid. I loved writing and art, um, but I also was very intrigued with how businesses ran. Um, Out in the middle of Arkansas, I would receive magazines from New York City. I would look at the editor's page and see, okay, the buildings are located in New York City. Okay, so I have to get there somehow to be able (laughs) to do this whole media marketing thing. Um, And so that's how I dreamed of going to New York University. I thought if I go there, I should be able to figure this whole thing out and uh, have a creative business job. Um, And so my early career was really about trying to understand how media and marketing worked and how do companies talk with the consumers, us out there, um, and how can we do that in a way that benefits not just the businesses, but also the consumers. So my first entry point uh, after college was as the first social media, well, as a senior in college, was the first social media intern at the New York Times. And that was a really cool position because I got to be the New York Times essentially on um, hundreds of uh, social media channels. And we had about 110 on Twitter. We had 29 on Facebook, um, all of the different verticals. I was um, able to connect directly with the journalists who were creating the the news that I saw as a kid back in Arkansas. Um, So that's how it all got started. It's interesting that you said you were the first one in that role. So they were just, uh, I guess they and other media companies were sort of moving into the the importance of, of that role in, 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 uh, in sharing news across sort of, uh, I guess, a changing media landscape in social media. Yeah, it was 2008. And I was at a job fair at NYU with my friend who was in the journalism school. And he was so excited to talk to the New York Times, but it turned out they were only there trying to get some insights from the youngins about how to use this thing called social media. Um, and so I, being a marketing intern and having that interest, I you know popped into the conversation and uh, you know went forward with interviews and such. But that was the goal at that point. And after um, I graduated, it just happens my 
um, mentor and uh, supervisor Soraya Darby was going off to start a, a startup. So she, I, I essentially took on her role as a consultant and, and was then thus leading all the interns that used to be me um, <laughs> in, in figuring out the New York Times presence in social media. It was very cool because I got to work with those big startups we all now know, Facebook, Twitter, um, Foursquare back in the day, and um, talking with YouTube about how the New York Times was going to use these platforms. And we got to be an innovator on all of those platforms, oftentimes the first business um, and particularly often the first media company to use certain products that, you know, Facebook, when Facebook was changing its page for businesses, um, different ad units on the homepage, those sort of uh products we got to use first. It was a fun time. You were doing um, writing over the years too for publications as well, right? Yes. Uh, after I left the New York Times, I went to Mashable as an editor. Um, I, I was there for a little under two years, had a, a really great high growth uh, role there, um, essentially managing all of the supported content. We went from having just a couple um, supported content partners to having more than 50 and having million dollar deals. And at that point, um, I had been getting contacted by a couple of different media organizations, including Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine, that wanted me to write with them, but I couldn't because I had a non-compete. So I ended up just making the decision that I wanted to go freelance. And I wrote for those publications as well as others. And um, at the same time, I started um, going a little more deep into being a freelance marketer and was working with clients for about half of my time doing um, social media and content marketing strategy work. And then on the other half, I was writing in bus uh, business news, mostly features. Did you find that to be a really gratifying um, sort of combination of, of roles? It, it, sounds like, uh, it sounds like it would have been. It really was. I got to speak with the entrepreneurs who were creating the products, and then I got to go use the products in my consulting marketing work. So it was. I was often at the forefront of learning what the new products were for uh, marketing, digital marketing, and then I would actually get to go try them out, or I would choose not to based on you know based on my knowledge. But um, it was very. It was. It was also inspiring because these entrepreneurs and these he you know heads of business and and all of these folks I was interviewing were actually leading the type of lives that I wanted to lead as well. So I was getting to through my writing get to speak with the people who had somehow in my mind figured it out. Little did I learn, um, and I did spend, uh, you know, almost two decades in digital marketing for startups. I learned that it's it really is a grind, and it looks like when you're on the outside looking in, wow, they're they've got it all figured out. But really, anything is always you know grass is greener on the other side. And for me, after putting in so much time in the digital marketing world, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm just going to be toiling my life away. Um, and making um, the, those above me very rich on ideas that myself and my colleagues in the middle level are are you know putting together. Even if I was in some roles, I was the the head of marketing or the or VP of product. Even in those roles, I was always serving someone else and someone else's interest. So I never really felt like I was doing the thing that was true to myself. It's a, it's a thoughtful way to look at it. And, and you know, when we talk um, to, I mean, I've been I've been talking to business people for quarter century at this magazine. And, you know, we, we talk about satisfaction on the job. We talk about you know, people want to make a good living, but it's, it's interesting to hear a, a young, uh, a younger person kind of talking about what, um, right from the very beginning, thinking about what kind of life you wanted to live and what kind you know, that, that sort of balance of, um, 
I, I just think that's um, I just think it's important. I, I don't think enough people um, do think of it in terms of, 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 you know, what kind of life you want to have rather than just kind of what kind of career you have, what kind mm-hmm. of money you want to make. Yeah, a lot of times um, when you're a kid who struggled, you might have that mentality a little sooner, I think, in life. For myself, we moved around a lot. My parents never had, well, I, I mostly grew up in a single um, a single parent household, but for I had stepdads all the time. Uh, it, it's one of those things where I had such an unstable childhood that I wanted to figure out very early how I could make my adulthood stable. So I've always tried to figure out what is what am I supposed to be doing here? And when I would find lots of satisfaction in my career, I would often be suffering um, emotionally or mentally on the other, you know, on the flip side. So I, I had to figure that one out myself, which was you you can be very happy in your career, but you can also be suffering um, on the inside, whether that's emotionally or mentally, or even for some people physically, they spend so much time sitting at a desk and then now they have back problems. So um, I try to keep an eye on my whole my whole self, and I don't do the best job of it. I do do keep an eye on it, but sometimes I'm also in that role where I've known for a very long time, I'm looking at a particular part of my life and I'm like, something is wrong with this part of my life and I just can't <laughs> figure it out, but at least I've identified it. Yeah. Um, we're eventually going to get to um, talk about your current role as, um, as a very successful realtor in the region. So kind of... Um, you sort of take me into the transition as to um, you know from what from the, the roles you were talking about to to where you are, like like how did you how did you move from from there into uh, real estate? That's uh, it seems like such an interesting part of the story. Yeah, um, so in around 2015, my my mom was in some um, my mom was in a bad position as far as where she was living and you know the person she was living with. And um, my first entree into real estate really started there. And I didn't realize it until a couple of years later, but um, I, I just, my mom called basically a call for help. And I said, okay, well, let's get you out of there. And my first step was renting her, her an apartment. And after a year, I just was annoyed because I'm like, I'm renting my apartment. I'm renting her apartment. Like, why am I, there's so much rent going on all this money. Um, <laughs> and then I thought, why don't I just see if I had, the, if I would have the ability to buy her a house instead of renting one. And so it turns out I did have that ability. I just didn't think that that would be, uh, you know, I, at the time hadn't thought, Oh, this is the time when I'm able to buy my mom a house. And it, it turned out, Oh, okay. I, I can do that. So I did that. And then, um, being that my mom's <laughs> like can never settle in a spot. She, I think it was about a year and a half later said, I'd actually like to move from Arkansas, where we both were at the time, to my back home, which is West Virginia, Kentucky. That's where she grew up and uh, on the on the state lines. And um, I said, okay, well, do you have an idea of like any, where you want to live exactly? Or, and she's like, actually, I, you know, I have the exact same, exact, this is the, the place I want to live. And she pointed me out to a trailer on three acres of land on a top of a hill. And I was like, oh, okay, well, um, so I sold that house, the first house, and I was able to buy the second one in cash. And I thought, wow, this is, that was <laughs> amazing. That was like all, less than two years. And I'm able to not only, you know, I bought my mom a house, the, you know, on a mortgage. And now I just totally paid off this trailer in, in like half of the country away. So what else could I do in this industry? So at that point, I decided to start to learn more about it. Um, this was 20, uh, 2019, 2020. And I thought I had wanted to start investing in real estate. Um, you know, it, there's a lot you could do. But in short, I got to the end of my research and realized I'm very good at marketing. And one of 
the skill sets of a, a real estate agent is how to market homes, how to help sellers sell their homes. And then on the other side, you're connecting buyers with the right homes. So I wanted to give that a go. And so my first year in real estate, I was the Real Estate Association of Pioneer Valley Rising Star with the, you know, which is categorized by both um, sales as well as your um, involvement in the association, but also um, leading into my first year at Caldwell Banker, where I am now, um, I was in the top 10% of agents worldwide. Um, so that was nice to see that I very quickly could start a new career and get somewhere near you know, my, my aspirations for myself. You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking today with Erica Swallow, a local realtor, and much, much more. Um, I, 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 I read about the, being the, the, the top 10% of the Coldwell Banker agents worldwide. That's so impressive um, for someone who's not been in the field very long. But on a, on a, on a broader level, um, how gratifying is it to help you know, connect people with, with homes, especially at a time when the, when the market just seems so, um, I don't know volatile is the right word, but it can be challenging. Yeah, it's a very challenging market since I got in um, during the pandemic. So I actually got licensed in the early 2021. And so I'm, I'm just over two years in and the inventory has been low. There's there over the pandemic was ridiculously high uh, demand. One offer that I put in for a buyer, which we didn't get, had 55 other offers on the table. It was wow. and that was just that was the extreme, but it was very calm. It's been common and still is to see. 10, 15 offers on a table for a house. And so you see it all over the news that inventory continues to be low. And so it's very tough. It's very tough. But what I um, pride myself on is from the selling side, you know, I can create that sort of demand with a type of uh, with a type of marketing I do for homes and with Caldwell Bankers um, national uh, network behind me. And that's kind of why I chose Caldwell Banker. But also on the buying side, I have a, a good background in negotiation with all the contracts over the years I've had to negotiate. And also I, I did early on in 2021, I was originally um, brokered out of the Boston area, Wakefield. Um, so that broker had to be, the, the, the competition out in the Boston area is it's a bit higher even. And so they were ahead of the curve on some of the negotiation terms you need in today's market to be successful as a buyer. So inspections for informational purposes only, or doing an appraisal gap where you pay a certain amount above the appraisal if you're uh, in cash, if you're mortgaging and it doesn't appraise. Or um, there's just so many, very, so many, um, and oh, escalation clauses are huge. Um, escalating a price up to a certain point where you kind of tell them your bottom, like we're willing to pay 300,000 with a 2000 escalation factor up to 328,000, um, though, you know, you have to show a bona fide offer on the other end, but all of these terms, um, I didn't realize that having that education from Eastern mass actually helped me in my couple years. Now these terms are a little more common, but I still run into it, other agents who don't utilize them. And so it is very gratifying to be able to use my business background to be able to apply it to real estate, which is obviously business, but I think different people run sure. their businesses different ways makes me feel really really good to help a buyer out when you're in one of those 10 plus offer situations and you actually win. Sure. Absolutely. Kind of shifting gears a, a tiny bit. Um, uh, the, uh, Greg Thomas, who directs the Berthium Center for Entrepreneurship at UMass Amherst, who knows a, a little more uh, than, than I do about entrepreneurship, 
Uh, he nominated you for the 40 to 40, and he wrote at length in his nomination about your involvement in the local entrepreneurship ecosystem. Um, tell me about how that came about and why you have a passion for it. It came about when I first moved to Springfield in 2019. I was trying to understand the entrepreneurship ecosystem out here ever since I graduated from MIT, where I have a constant MBA and a concentration in entrepreneurship and innovation. I had been thinking of ways that I can help my local market with um, creating more entrepreneurs, uh, you know, getting more kids interested in entrepreneurship. So I'll just go back actually quickly to 2015 when I did graduate. I went back to my home state of Arkansas and was working with an education non a technology education nonprofit that focuses on getting um, entrepreneurship and public service education into the K to 12 system. So I I basically was trying to connect my past as a kid, not realizing that starting a business was something that a poor kid like me could do. Um, I, I had always thought, you know, I had friends whose families owned pizza shops or um, lawn care services, or they were, you know, one of the executives at the local bank. And I thought all of these people were just that's they can do that because they're well educated. And then once they, you know, once they decide they want to do something themselves, then they do it. So that was something I actually only learned, I would say, after college, after my time at the New York Times. I still hadn't at that point realized I could be an entrepreneur. So I wanted to try, you know, one of my missions in life is to make sure that kids and especially K to 12, but definitely in the college in college, let them know that entrepreneurship and coming up with your own ideas and trying to solve problems that you see around you is an option. And it's not something that only someone with immediate resource access has. So when I got here, you know, back in Arkansas, I did that. And um, I ended up going to Silicon Valley and uh, working at a similar ed tech nonprofit, doing the same thing more nationally. Um, but anywhere I go, I really want to connect with the local entrepreneurship um education scene and see how I can be a mentor and be helpful. So the very first person I actually connected with was Gregory Thomas, um, the executive director, director of the UMass Amherst Berthoom Center for Entrepreneurship to say, what is this e ecosystem all about and where could I plug in? And so he got me really plugged in, plugged in at the Berthoom Center. And I um, have been, uh, been active um, volunteering there as a mentor and a judge to their um, innovation competitions. You know, one thing that I meant to um, ask about before when we were talking about your writing, and I, I don't want to miss out on it because I think it's so important, um, interesting. Uh, you wrote children's books. Um, tell me about yes. that. Yeah. So that's a part of that same mission is I, my uh, colleague, Lee Zung, who's an illustrator and just a great designer overall. She works in Silicon Valley at, in, at a tech company. Um, she and I got together and we had the same vision back in Arkansas. We wanted to teach kids as young as possible about entrepreneurship and that kids can be entrepreneurs. So we created, um, we thought of many ideas. We could, we could do a calendar, we could do a coffee table book, we could do a podcast. We could, there's so many things we could create. And the one we decided that we both were really excited about was creating a children's book series about kid entrepreneurs. So we created the Little Launchers series. It is a four book picture book series about real kids with real businesses. And it's um, you can it's still out there. You can go find it on Amazon. 
Um, it technically can be found in other bookstores, but you have to have them order it because we're not that famous. <laughs> um, but Lee, um, she illustrated it and I wrote them. We traveled all around the country um, talking with these entrepreneurs and just getting really inspired with their work. Um, if you, you know, de- definitely check out this, this series. Um, and uh, we, we the, it basically, you know, for example, one of the um, one of the entrepreneurs is Gabby Goodwin. She not only created a new hair clip, but she actually has a patent on it. It's a special type of hair clip that keeps um, textured hair in the clip because she as a kid uh, would go to school and lose all of her hair clips. So she um, and her mom came up with this idea when she was five years old, like, what? how can we redesign this hair clip? Um, and so now she's she's now a teenager and she's been running this business with her mom ever ever since. But she's one of the four kids. Um, she is a, a very big fan of the book series and uses it herself in her own speaking to educate young entrepreneurs from her perspective. Sometimes it's easier for someone younger to also give that message. What a great message for, for young people to have an idea to do something that uh, affects people's lives with. I, I think it's a great, um, a great topic for, for, for books for that would inspire kids. Um, we only have about a minute or so left. Um, you are being celebrated um, on June fifteenth at the Forty Under Forty Gala. Um, our our uh, uh, quickly sold out <laughs> event every year. I'm like, I'm, all, I'm so excited about it. I enjoy um, um, being part of that every year and, and meeting all of you, all folks like you. Um, just g- give me your impressions of of uh, the, the 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 quality and depth of the young professionals of this region. I mean, when you when you kind of network and and speak to folks and kind of see the sort of talent we have here. I mean, what, what are your impressions? Much like the housing market, I would say that the talent market over here is almost a hidden gem because, uh, you know, these days you're seeing with the housing market, people coming from Boston, New York, um, and they're all like, whoa, I didn't know this place, Springfield, or like what's in Western Mass? This is an interesting place. It has a great quality of life out here and the homes are beautiful. You get lots of space. Um, I would say the talent is similar because you have a lot of people who are attracted here because of the lifestyle mostly, or I would say, or they grew up here and they come back. But I have been so impressed with everyone I've met. Many entrepreneurs are just, you know, they grew up here and they didn't even go away maybe. Uh, but there were quite a few of those grew up in Springfield and came back and are now doing really big things. Um, I'm thinking of like Kenny Lumpkin of Dewey's, for example, or I think of Ray Berry of White Lion. Um, these are examples of individuals who I networked with early on as well, and I'm just impressed with the vision they have for the region. Um, and I, I um, feature young profession, young and, and old, all professionals in my um, series, Best in the Nest, too. Um, part That's of right. my own uh, goal as a realtor is to attract more people to live in Pioneer Valley in Western Mass. And the best of the nest series is that that is all about highlighting the best local businesses. Um, and it features the entrepreneurs in the videos themselves. Um, it's a great highlight of all the great um, efforts that are happening in this region and just really the best of the best in uh, in I would say in our state and even region. Um, it's not just best in um, Western Mass. It's really I'm focusing on like the quality of the foods and services that are highlighted in that series are really you you would find the same thing in New York or Boston. Where, where can people access that? Um, that's on YouTube. So uh, you can look up the Turnberg and Swallow 
team um, YouTube channel and uh, find the best in the nest series video uh, series. Excellent. I hope, hope people do. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, we we had a lot to talk about, and and um, and, and that was, it was fun. Thank you so much for, for being on with me today. Yeah, it was a blast. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all of you for tuning into Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West, sponsored by People's Bank. I'm Joe Bednar, the editor of Business West, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>